A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. You are tuned in to the Vitamin D with Dawn Day podcast, and I am your host, Dawn Day, here to get you excited about your life so that you can live life on purpose and for a purpose. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome. Vitamin D, it's a pun of my name. My name is Dawn, and you get vitamin D from the sun. So I'm here to shed light into your life. And I do this with inspirational insights and conversations with celebrities and everyday people like you and me. Because if you want to be better and you want to do better, then you're going to have to be able to see better. So join me on this journey of living our best lives and understanding and realizing how you are your greatest asset. I want to encourage you to use your tools in your toolbox. What do I mean by that? Well, I think sometimes we have to uh, use different things to help us on our way to ensure we get to an arrived where it is that we need to arrive to and that we show up as our most authentic and truthful self. The other day, on my walking route, you know, I walk five miles each morning, an elderly woman comes up to me. She's asking for directions um, for a Jewish grocery store. Now, I know I've seen this grocery store because I pass by this neighborhood every morning. So she said, do you know of this uh, grocery store called Glad? Somebody had pointed it down to me. I said, well, sure I do. Now, I couldn't differentiate which way uh, the grocery store was, but I said, let me put it in my map and we can get there. She says, oh, I don't have a phone, a map or anything like that. That's too advanced. I said, well... It's down this way. Let's walk together. So she said, sure. She said, can you tell me what's your name? I said, Dawn, like the break of day. And she said, she giggled. She said, hi, Dawn, like the break of day. My name's Florence. I told her, I said, it is such a pleasure to meet you. 
we began to walk and talk and just talk about gratitude. We talked about life. Talked about how the pandemic has changed so much in our lives and how it's so important to live in the now, understanding the gift of the now and just to be present in the now. In the midst of the conversation, Florence looks at me and she says, oh my goodness, I want to apologize. I, I just don't remember things like I used to. What's your name again? I said, Florence, it's quite all right. I said, my name is Dawn, like the break of day. I said, Florence, you know, sometimes we have to use different tools to help us remember. I said, one thing that I learned, if you want to memorize someone's name, is to say it three times. I said, a trick that I do is that I'll compliment somebody. So I may say, hey, Florence, I love your shoes. Florence, I really love your hair. Florence, what time is it? Ensuring that I say your name three times, I will remember. She looked at me and she said, wow, that's really good. She said, well, thank you so much. I guess that's all right. And I said, absolutely. I said, it's so important that we have grace with ourselves. And it's we're not going to be great at everything. But if we use the tools that we got, we can surely get by, right? As we began to further long walk, she began to tell me how great it was to have the conversation. And sure and behold, we began to approach Glot. And she said, you know, thank you so much for this conversation. I hope you have a blessed and wonderful day. And she said, you know, I'm Florence, like the flow. So I want to encourage you to go with the flow of life. Understand that it's a yes and process and it's not always a pivot. Go in your toolbox and use the tools that you need to get to where it is that you need to go. Remember, if you're going to have grace, that includes space. Get your vitamin D right here with me and get excited about your life. Kiana A. Monroe is in here with me. Yeah. Round of applause, Jeremiah. I know you're like, Dawn, why are we doing a round of applause? Well, I got somebody special in here. Well, all of my guests are special, but this is so special because, you know, I always talk about how vulnerability is everything. Huh? And how vulnerability allows us the ability to connect. And oftentimes I feel that we aren't necessarily vulnerable because um, we're thinking about all the people and things that we're letting into our life. An invasion of privacy. But I just want to serve as a reminder that vulnerability is all about letting yourself out so that you can be seen, so that you can be heard. And more importantly, so that you can connect. And uh, we're going to connect today. We got something serious to talk about. Things that I'm going to be knowledgeable about what's going on. And I hope that it shed lights to you. And I hope that um, it inspires you uh, to help someone else or perhaps to seek help if you need it. But more importantly, to know that it's just not you. What am I talking about? I'm talking about trafficking, um, sex trafficking. Just did some quick research. I was looking on deliverfund.org and it reports that there is an estimated between 15,000 to 50,000 women and children who are forced into sexual slavery in the U.S. every year. Catch that. Now, you also need to keep in mind that this is just an estimate. Um, As you can imagine, this is something that is difficult to research because we're still missing people, right? Furthermore, how many people are coming forth with their story? The total number of current sex trafficking victims in the U.S. is estimated between 100 to 325,000 people. 
And so that leads me to a uh, special guest. Like I said, I have Kiana in here with me. Hi, Kiana. Hi. Thank you for coming in. Welcome to the Vitamin D with Dawn Day podcast. Thank you for inviting me. I appreciate it. It's an honor to, to be here and talk to you and to shed light on a topic that's very near and dear to my heart personally. Yes. I'm so grateful that you're here. And I want to make it clear now, if there's anything or anything you don't want to answer, just let me know. Because I don't know, but I don't want to preface anything. I want to come as a real person that's trying to understand and furthermore to get the message out. Absolutely. And yeah, that's it. And I was just thinking, I was like, how did I come across? I don't know if I ran across your page on social media. I don't know what happened. But here Ron is. She here right here. And I said, this woman is talking about being involved in sex trafficking. I said... I've never heard anyone share a story like that. Yeah. Let alone have lived out the real experience. So I know I said some things, but mm-hmm. can you yeah. formally did you, did you, did introduce you, did, yourself? Oh, absolutely. My name is Kiana Monroe. I am a child trafficking uh, survivor. And I am currently working with young girls and women all over the world. And... Bringing awareness is not even, I, I feel like there's, there's no word, a- awareness, but bringing an understanding of how things are happening, you know, in your neighborhoods, in plain sight, without even, you know, most people acknowledging it. It's, it's a day-to-day. And I think that there's not enough safety for women. There's not enough safety for girls. And there's not enough support um, when it comes to believing women and girls when they are talking about things of that matter. So for anyone that may not necessarily know, what is sex trafficking? Sex trafficking is when someone forces you without permission or manipulates you or threatens you, um, kidnapping uh, as well, to do labor, sex labor for, um, for pay. and. A lot of people think, you know, trafficking is just sex, but it, sometimes it's, it's more than that. But we're, we're staying with, with that. And it happens all around the world, um, especially here in America. Um, it happens a lot uh, in school districts and in the, in the areas around schools. You get a lot of predators that kind of hang out in those areas and malls and so on and so forth. Um, a lot of times, believe it or not, it happens with people that most of these girls are close to. Sometimes it's even family. Believe it or not, family Family members are sex trafficking. Yeah. A lot of times family members, you know, will sell their children, you know, and traffic their children for money, for paying off their debt. You know, um, if they're if you have a parent that is on drugs and they have a daughter, sometimes even boys get trafficked, believe it or not. But what they do is that's how they'll you know, get their drugs, they'll sell their child. Well, what's the difference between sex trafficking and prostitution? It's really not a, a, a huge difference, to, to, to be honest, um, especially for, for I guess me. one is of self versus utilizing someone else, maybe? Here's the thing. Prostitu- prostitution is probably, most people think it's being out on a corner and you, you have a pimp, you know, and you are willingly sometimes going out, standing on that corner, doing it out of fear, sometimes out of force. But with trafficking, they're not always standing out on, on, on corners like that. Their transactions are made 
with whomever their their John Doe is, or I like to call it the the Charmer or Leshemere. Um, that's a name that I gave. Um, a lot of people call them a Romeo, right? Where they're a little bit younger. So here's here's the thing. For example, you may have, let's just say, a guy who's in his 30s, 40s, 50s, however old, right? He's not going to walk into a school and talk to the girls. They will send a boy, 14, 15, 16 years old. That's a Rome. That, that, oh, that, to me, that's a Leshmere. Romeo. Mm-hmm. Right? And to go in there and flirt and lure some of the girls in. And the thing is, when you have so many girls with low self-esteem, right, with thoughts of unworthiness, they don't know who they are, um, they're trying to fit in, and they're looking for validation outside of themselves. And they get caught in that. And I know, like, I'm looking at your face and you're like, what? No, what I'm doing is I've been mindful and working on listening. Like, I have so many questions I want to interject, but I'm mm -hmm. making room and I want to receive everything you're saying and preparing, um, you know, just receiving you. Yeah. And and no one. And I guess I was thinking, I was like, well, here I am. Go ahead. No, no, no. No one looks and, and, and thinks about, you know, a 15, 16 year old on campus. You know, even if it's even if he's at a middle school, right? Somebody's like, oh, that's yeah, someone's that older thing, brother. Like, oh, he's cute. He's, he's so cute, over. right? Or you'll he look at a boy. Yep. Oh, he he's older. He's taking us to McDonald's. Uh, you know, like little things like that. And people are like, oh, you know, it's probably somebody's older cousin or older brother. They think nothing of it. Absolutely nothing of it. With no questions or understanding. Like, people are not paying attention. That's why I say it's hiding in plain sight. People are not paying attention to girls and their body language, who they're hanging out with, who, who their circle of friends are, change in behaviors, change in, in moods, change of, you know, just their academics and how they're doing in school and so forth. And you have social media. That part. Listen, you have social media. You have people who are pedophiles with these what do you with these handles that are of like cartoons or stolen identities you get that type of stuff all the time and it's to me social media and the internet is a pedophile's playground oh wow yeah truly it is it's not because you just have enough. someone meet up and it's there but yeah. okay we're gonna we're gonna talk further into that but yeah. let's talk about uh let's talk about you yeah tell us who kiana is um you're from la I am an L.A. native. I know it's rare. And <laughs> right, because you got all of us transplants <laughs> coming to infiltrate your city. <laughs> um, so you grew up in L.A. You were raised by your mom and your dad. Your mom, who were you raised a by? A village. Of, I heard the hell out of that. A, a village, um, South Central L.A., you know, to be exempt from the hood. Hey, but I'm from Detroit. What up, though? Listen, <laughs> she listen. Said, who? I'm from the hood. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, it was a change in your face. But, I mean, yeah, people were like, oh my gosh, she's so, she went to Spelman, she did this, she did that. But I'm still from the head. Like, you know, don't get twisted. Okay. Um, but I was raised by my family, my mom um, and my dad. They were really young when they had me. So, How old were they? Uh, my mom was 13 and my dad was 17. Okay. I know. Your mom, oh, she was they baby were babies, having a baby. Babies having a baby. And so, you know, you had, I had uncles that were young and my aunts that were young and it was a big family. So it was like a bunch of cousins. And back then it was, you know, you had your big mamas outside and, um, 
everybody knew everybody on the blocks and things like that. So between that, having young parents, and then my neighborhood was like gang and drug infested. I tell people, when you think about where I grew up, think about boys in the hood. Right, yeah, because we we actually watched them film that. We, my, me and my cousins and some of the other kids in the neighborhood, we walked across the tracks and watched them, you know, do some of the filming. Um, when you think of Friday between Normandy and Western, yeah, I grew up in between Normandy and Western on Vernon. You know what I'm saying? And so um, I say that's that's my LA. Those are those are my neighborhoods. Minister Society. Those are my neighborhood. Yeah, I grew up in that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what was it like growing up? I mean, you had your family around. It was in the hood. What kind of breeding ground was this um, for you? You know what? It was. It's really you interesting. went to college, so you sound like you. You know, you were in your studies. So, you know what? I'm a nerd. I've always been a nerd. I am definitely cut from a different cloth. Um, I, I was always a straight-A student, but I think one of the statements that I made uh, to a friend of mine is, I think I was, like, hit right out, right out the womb. There was an agenda for me right out the womb because my first um, sexual abuse experience was at six years old. At six? Yeah. So, at the time, my dad, I think he was um, in, the, in the military, and it was just my, my mother, and she left me. Um, with her boyfriend's brother to babysit. And at that time, he, well, who my mom was dating just so happened to be a drug dealer. Um, They went out and his brother, she left me with his brother, his brother and the girlfriend. They were at the house. So my mom and her boyfriend, they left. And I stayed, right? I was about six years old. Um, And and I stayed and I, I watched cartoons. I thought absolutely nothing of it. Right. I thought I thought nothing of it. Um, you, you see drugs all the time. You see people slaying all the time. You see people, you know, pass a, a bag of a dub, a, a, a dime talking bag. About weed? What are we talking about here? Weed. Right. Okay. And then, you know, with, with crack cocaine, you see them put the little lines on the table. At six, you saw this? Yeah, I've seen all of it. Right. So like you're not even thinking about that. You just want to watch cartoons. You know, I mean, you really like that's not that's not even that's just that's normal. You just want to watch cartoons. Right. And me being six years old, I didn't even think to myself, why am I being left with a stranger? I, I didn't think anything of Was it. Was that a normal thing to just, you know, your mom might drop you off, oh, just, you yeah, know, watch her real quick. Be babysat. Be yeah. babysat. You know, so I didn't think anything of it. Um, the boyfriend, uh, well, the, the brother and his girlfriend, they got into an argument, whatever. You can, you know, hear them yelling in the background. She left. Right? She left. And that's when he came into the living room and and raped me. Yeah. And it, and it was a very, um, it was a very brutal uh, experience for me. So again, you got to tell me, like if I'm going too far, if I'm saying anything, mm-hmm. and uh, you may say, hey Dawn, some things are common sense, but just to understand, do you remember it? Because you yes. know how some things people shut back, but you remember this day. Yeah. Yeah, I, I remember um, now as I got older, once I got older and got into therapy, I was able to really go back as an adult, as a healed adult, too, to, to process what was going on when it was going on. 
And at that time, I had, you know, my little Pocahontas braids and I was a little girl. I, he took my braids out, right? Um, I was duct taped. I was, I was tied. It was, it was, it was brutal. Um, and I just think that taking my, my pigtails out, like my little braids, um, in his mind was making me not look so much like a little girl. Of course he was drinking. You could smell alcohol, right? But yeah, it was bad. And my, my fight was not a heavy fight. It was an uncomfortable fight. It was a scared fight, not knowing what I should be fighting about. And I knew I was being hurt and I was scared and I knew, you know, being duct taped, something's not right. This is not, I'm being, am I about to get a spanking? Like I had no idea. So yeah. What happened after that? Um, I, I do remember maybe about halfway through, I, 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 I blacked out. Like I think I passed out because all I remember was my mom waking me up in the morning and um, saying, come on, let's go home. I and was fully clothed. clothed. Mm-hmm. Every, everything. So I don't know when she came in to see me, what she saw. I don't know any of that. I just went and I told, I ended up telling her when, when we got home because I was completely quiet. She thought something was wrong with me. And what did she say? Um, she well, 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 what did you say? Hey, Ma. What did you say? I said, mommy, that man, the, the, his brother, um, I forgot his, his name, but I, I said, mommy, his brother put tape on my face and, and touched my private parts. And that's, that's what I remember. And she said, what? And I said, he typed me and touched my private parts. And she said, no. And, and she said, okay, go, go, go take a nap. Go take a nap. And she said, and don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody that. She's like, let me, let me, let me, let me talk to your grandmother and go take a nap. Go take a nap. Mm -hmm. Don't tell anybody. Mm -hmm. You were silenced when it happened. Mm -hmm. And then silenced again Mm -hmm. after it happened. Mm -hmm. So when I think of myself, right, and I go back, I say, okay, my mother was 13. Right. So at six years old, my mother's probably 19, 20 years old, a 20 year old. What is a 20 year old thinking when her child tells her she's been raped? Now, I have my son at 20. To, to me, that, you know, that that's a death wish. But coming from a family of abuse, there's incest in my family. Oh, how, how much time do you have? Um, so, so but the first time the first that you were assaulted was not. Was not family, but the next time it was. Yeah. Okay. So Mama said, "Don't say anything. Let me mm-hmm. go talk to your grandma." Mm-hmm. What goes on with little Keon after this? Um. Man, fear. A lot of fear. I felt like I I was going to get in trouble. I felt like I did something. I felt like, um. I might get a spanking or I might be on punishment. Um, and it was my mom. And my mommy said, don't tell anybody. And so I didn't say anything to anybody else until my, until I, my mother gave me permission. I wasn't going to say anything. And that's just, that's it. 
So from your, the time that your mother said not to say anything from her boyfriend's brother, mm-hmm. you said that there was incest in your ha- family. Mm-hmm. When did the incest start? Nine. Yeah. Nine. Um, it was on my, my mother's side. And it was my, my tios, my Uncle Jose. And um, yeah, that happened for, he was on. Oh, you called him out. I didn't know. Okay. Yeah. Um, it wouldn't be the first time. And, and my thing is, you know, you, it's, you did. What, what am I, what am I, you know, covering you up for? Um, I'm glad you said that. Cause I feel yeah, like, why would I cover you up? People feel like they got to protect people. And it's like, I, I, I wonder I, if it's sometimes like a shame. No, no. I, I, well, for me, maybe they don't want them to be shamed, but, um, it's my story to tell. Catch and and my thing is, if, if you didn't want to be shamed, you shouldn't have done what you did. So it's something that, because I have to carry that the rest of my life. I can't erase my memory. You don't get to erase yours. You don't get to forget yours because, you know, I've hushed and I don't want to call you out. I don't, I don't mind. Um, it is what it is. But three years of, of that, you know, and it stopped because he went to prison. You know, he did his third strike. He was on drugs. He was, he was the, the oldest. He was on drugs. Um, very protected um, by my grandmother, my aunt. You know, everyone had sympathy for him. Why are they leaving you around him? I'm sure this isn't the first time. And pardon me as I say this. Mm-hmm. I am not as an attack on your family. Absolutely. I'm just wondering if someone is thinking that such as a behavior as like this has happened. One would think, well, where is Kiana when, 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 Uncle or Tia Jose is, you know, like, yeah. Um, People were just doing, getting by, doing what they got to do. Everybody was doing what they wanted to do. It would happen usually very late um, at night in the evening, and people were asleep. Um, and he would just come into the be- come into the bedroom, you know, and or you know, I'd have a, I'd sleep on a pullout couch, or I'd fall asleep watching cartoons and one of the other rooms or in the den and he would come in late at night when everybody's everybody's sleeping right you never said anything oh i said something i i told my mother and that was the first time she believed me right because her thing was we know he's he's done something like that before let's go tell your grandmother and then she said let's go tell your grandmother together right um the first time i don't know why she didn't believe me right um i knew that the boyfriend stopped coming around. So the second time with, with my uncle, we went to go tell my grandmother and I was surprised. And I think my mother was surprised because my grandmother was upset. It's her first son. It's her oldest son. Right. And she was more upset with me. What? Yeah. She was upset with you. What? Yeah. She, she was upset there was the demeanor she was stern she was huffing and puffing and I'm just kind of looking like am I gonna get in trouble you know I didn't want to get in trouble I don't want my mom to get in trouble you know and the first thing she said was you need to wear different pajamas Kiana what I need to wear different pajamas. now me I had you, you, remember the, you remember the pajamas with the ruffles at the bottom <laughs> Right. Yeah, yeah, rainbow bright on little them. Pony. My little yes. pony, right? Right. I went to sleep. I I still slept with a with a glow worm and my kid sister. So I'm just thinking, okay, I have to wear different. So she 
basically said to me as a nine-year-old, I am bringing this on myself. Whatever I'm wearing, right, is causing this for me. I'm doing this. So I felt embarrassed. I was shamed. I felt like, oh my God, I'm doing something. I have no idea. I, I, I told my mom, I was just like, I need, I need pajamas. I need other pajamas. I need pants, pajamas. Like my mother was not happy. You could just look at her face and just, it's like she saw a ghost. She wasn't expecting that answer. I wasn't expecting to hear that answer either. I didn't change pajamas. It didn't stop for three years. Now, it didn't happen every day, but it happened consist- consistently enough that it shaped my mindset. I expected it. I went to school. Sometimes what I would do is stay at school longer. I would leave and try to go to school before school starts and get there early and spend time with my teachers. Like I said, I was a nerd. So I read books. I, I was a straight-A student. Wow. So, oh, yeah. I was a straight-A student, and that the situations and all that that happened at home and in my neighborhood just made me want to stay at school and be around what felt safe, safe as long as I could. Because I knew when I go home, you don't know what's going to happen that night. And as smart as I was, I started to not really have any respect for adults. I just felt like, you know, adults in my family, they don't keep you safe. Um, I was told that I was a smart mouth and I did a lot of back talking and that I was fast, you know, because I was always in, you know, people's face type thing. Um, but I just, I back talk because I, I felt like no one's protecting me. I don't, tr- I don't trust anyone any, anymore. I'm mad. It really was. I was just, I was mad and hurt. So did you, um, did you grow up feeling loved? No. Or, uh, from not not really. Now on my on my dad's side, right? Um, Where's your dad when all he's because he's still away. My dad was was in the military. Right. Um, but then here's the thing, you know, I found out I found out later because around around that time, eight nine, I just noticed he wasn't really coming around at all. I found out later because he told me when I got a little bit older that my grandmother and my aunts used to have a problem with him picking me up and putting me on his shoulders. You know, when dads put their their kids on the shoulders, they got on his case about that. No kisses. Don't don't be picking her up when she has on a dress. Like, and my dad, no, my mom's side was saying to my dad, exactly. Exactly. And he was, my dad is shy. He was like, wait, what? This is my daughter. What are you guys? To-? They monitored my dad very heavy. Meanwhile, your entire exactly. family, your mom's side, there's a whole moment happening. Exactly. And my grandmother, um, on my dad, my dad's mother, my granny, she, she said, I, I knew something was going on. I just didn't know what. I thought that you were just always getting in trouble or that you just didn't feel loved or that you were getting picked on because I, I fought a lot. I had a bunch of cousins. I was fighting all the time. You know, I was getting my butt kicked because, you know, I'm in the hood, but I'm listening to like, you know, Chicago, Kenny Loggins, Barbara Streisand, Elton John, you know, on top of Whitney Houston and all that and listening to like classical music and film score. So they were just like, what are you listening to? I like disco. So I was really different. I was nerd. Um, and I liked what I what I liked, and music was like a, a huge escape for me. And my yeah. favorite song was "Mahogany" by Diana Ross because of the score of the music. So, 
um, my, I, I fell into that, but my grandmother, my, my granny thought, you know, maybe something's going on. No one was telling her anything, but she could just tell that her, my body demeanor and I wasn't saying anything. And she asked, are you okay? But I always kept in my mom's, what my mom said, don't tell anybody anything. And my grandmother ended up saying that too. Don't tell anybody what goes on in my house. Oh, you know, that's something about. Mm-hmm. I, speaking of just African-American households, I feel like every, that whole shame, don't tell anybody what stays in here stays. So you carry all that weight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've, I've had some friends that have been assaulted, who've been molested by family members and so forth. Mm-hmm. And even recently, I got, I got this one friend where she has a sister and her sister was molested. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure if it was by her father or her sibling's father mm-hmm. and she has a lot of anger towards her mother mm-hmm. and her mother says well you can't blame me because I didn't know now pardon me I'm not trying to overstep mm-hmm. uh, I just know me growing up mm-hmm. I knew the sound of my mama's keys when she walked into the house exactly you knew how she at, closed the door I know how she closed, closed the, the car door. door you know what I'm saying and yeah. so it makes me furious. Um, and I don't know if I have a right. I just feel like I, I, I just don't feel like it carries enough weight for a, of a being mm-hmm. that you held in your body, mm-hmm. that you see every day that you laid on your chest, that you know their breath, their moment. And you telling me that you noticed that you didn't notice that something was different, mm-hmm. that something has changed you a damn lie. Mm-hmm. And I think it's unfair and I think you're wrong. Mm-hmm. Pardon me. Got invested because it stood out to me that your granny said, baby, I see you. I see that something's different. And perhaps that's that's a thing because I know like as a child, like our dream is that we want to be seen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You want to be seen, heard, valued, and understood. And understood. understood. And, and I just felt like no one understood why I stayed at school so much. No one understood why I was back to... No. Did they want to know what you were doing. N- no. And and here's the thing, and 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 when you pay attention to the the, the movement, right? It kind of sets itself up. I feel like the trafficking was set up. I was set, I was I felt like I was primed for it. If that if that makes sense, wow. I was I was groomed to not tell before that even came into the picture. I was groomed to keep my mouth closed. I was groomed to stay silent. I was groomed to keep secrets. I was groomed to be told that you know, my feelings and what I have to say doesn't matter. And that I'm not going to be protected. I'm not going to be safe. That my family is not going to come for me. That no one is going to protect me or say, or, 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 or speak up for me on my behalf. That structure was already set. That foundation was already laid out. They're like, you can tell your mom, you can tell your grandmother, you can tell who. No one's going to believe you anyway. So you learn to just be quiet, suppress, keep it to yourself, and figure out a way to manage life. And start. How were you holding on? Because it sounded like you didn't have anybody. So when I was able to go to my grandmother's house, I did. There was it wasn't always horrible moments. And here the, the psychological psychological mind is. I don't want to curse because I want to say the you, know, you don't F. talk. You don't talk. On vitamin D, we talk. Oh, okay. So it's it's a psychological mind fuck when you, my uncle is the one who taught me how to salsa dance. You know, he's the one who 
taught me how to make enchiladas and and he's the one who like a lot of the different my, my favorite foods to cook you know what I mean in the daytime when he's sober you know what I mean he's the one who taught me how to you know um hold my notes when I when I sing oh you can sing yes I have two singles out oh. but um yeah and so I so this person that I loved became someone different at night and I had to continue to love him and I had to continue to live as if what has happened hasn't happened as a child. Oh, my goodness. Do you understand what I'm saying? And so enjoying my, enjoying my family when I can and suppressing, right? But it, it's not that, you know, I had low self-esteem. Everybody's like, you're so pretty. I wasn't pretty to me, hence the name of the organization. I had so, such low self-esteem. I didn't know what love was supposed to be like. I thought love was supposed to be when you rubbed and touched and slept with and mm-hmm. all these other things. And I didn't know. I had no idea. So by the time I, I went to middle school and I got caught up in, in the gang stuff, because that was the first time I actually told somebody. In when I, it, yeah, when this I joined, when I joined space, the gang. You were at school because you were trying to get away from home. So this is right. the safe space. This is the safe space. Um, I was getting bullied. I think I, I said this before. I was I was I was getting my ass kicked. Uh, me and an, another friend of mine named Grace, and yeah, yeah, her name was Grace. I loved her. She was she was so nerdy like me. And um, we went from uh, elementary to to the same middle school, and we were just getting our butt kicks. The the, the nerdy stuff didn't it didn't it didn't do so well in in middle school. And I remember some some of the girls set her hair on fire. Wait, what? Yeah, in the girls' bathroom. So this is like 12, 13? Yeah. All right. Uh, 11, 12. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, I, I had come to school late. This was around homeroom time. And her parents checked her out. They were just like, mm-mm. They were Samoan. They were like, nope, we out of here. Right. I was going to like Audubon Middle School, which is a horrible school. It was not a horrible school, but it was it was it was rough back then. You said people's hair on It fire. was rough. Listen, the the, the 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 gang life on school campus and I went to Crenshaw High too. Yeah, it was it was So it they was, be rolling tough in middle school. Middle school, yes. And What's so that? a lot of, but then, you know, my uncle's bang. I grew up in gang infest, like all I was around all of that, right? And so once once my friend left, I was just like, "Why well, am I about to be getting my ass kicked by my by myself? What's what 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 are we doing here? What are we doing here?" And so because I could fight, I had cousins. I've been fight. Listen, one thing I can do. Don't get it twisted. Like, let me tell you something. I could fight, but when it's like a whole like a bunch of girls, I'm like, "Look, I don't have no cousins here. I just got grace. You know, all my cousins are older. They were like, you know, much older than me, and at, at different schools and different campuses. So I'm just like." I can't fight all you girls. So what, 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 what's it going to be? And one of the girls was just like, you, you, you might as well fight. And, and, and this, this, this is your life. Like you either going to be part of this or you're going to be dealing with that. What's it going to be? Cause you don't have the other girl here no more. This is one of the girls from the game. Mm-hmm. Like, yo, you going to, wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you decided to. Yeah. To fight like 10, 15 girls in the bathroom and not fall. What does that mean? Like not fall down? Not fall down and get stomped out. If you <laughs> fall, they'll they'll stomp you out. What does that mean to be stomped out? When they you lay down in fetal position and they kicking the hell out of you, all of them. You get that, that, yeah, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but to get stomped out, it's no joke. That's, that's you no didn't get joke. stomped out. No, I didn't. I, I can I can hold my own. So, um, 
I felt when that was over, I had the protection. I had a so wait, now you're part of a gang now. Yeah, I was. I was. Oh, okay. Which which forties neighborhood crib? Yeah, (laughs) I wasn't part of that whole thing. Um, And a lot of people don't. They'll look at me and say, "No way!" Right? My mom said, "No way!" When she when she finally saw me one day, like what I would do is I would I would put my clothes. I would put my chucks. I would put my you know my my dickies. I would wear my uncle. So they were like four or five, you know, sizes too big. You know, everything was baggy gotta, back in the day. For somebody that don't know, paint the picture. So you got the Listen, I got, I'm about to tell you. So you, 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 you got your, it was very cholo style. So, you know, I had my little button right here. <laughs> my button right here. I had my, my dickies. It was, you know, my, my plaid, my blue and black, you know, checkered shirt, you know, checkered shirt. Um, I wore like the black lip liner, you know, black eyeliner, Hair slicked back into a bun or a ponytail um, with like red lipstick or whatever colored lipstick would be in there with the black lip liner. You know what I'm saying? And then I would have rings on every finger. Just so, so you knock somebody out. Not just that. I was very strategic. I had a skull head, right, that I took safety pin needles and I, I put the safety pin needles, like the, the needles inside of the skull. And then I had two triceratops. Um, rings and triceratops you know it's got the horns right <laughs> so if I hit you I'm gonna puncture you whoa period just so that we're clear mm-hmm. this sound like some stuff like my mom used to tell me like growing <laughs> up <laughs> how the Listen. girls would carry razors in their mouth yeah and so you know you just you don't even know slick okay yeah, yeah. listening yeah um, and then you have you know you have your your blue belt um, you know, the, the cloth ones that you put the little belt buckle and then you tighten them around. Yep. And then you have your, your chucks. You either wear the black ones with the blue laces or the navy blue ones with the blue laces. Um, I would put all of that in my backpack. I would change when I got to school. I would go in the girls' bathroom. I would change when I got to school. Sometimes, I, and I was ditching. Here's the thing, though. I was still smart. And I was still getting good grades out of all of that. And I was actually doing some of their homework. What? But I was ditching. I was ditching. I was fighting. Um, and. But now you safe because you got your crew. Exactly. So I thought. So you thought. So I thought. And this is why I teach my girls all the time. You choose your friends. You don't ever be put in a situation where your friends choose you because they may not be your friends and they may have a hidden agenda. I could. I had a. Well, at least I thought I had a deep connection with one of the girls there. Her name was Kim. And I told her all the stuff that was going on at home. You know what I'm saying? Wait, so you what? You about 14 now? 12. Oh. I was 12. Okay, sixth grade. Mm-hmm. Uh. Mm-hmm, sixth grade. And I told her the stuff that was going on with me. And I actually told her about all the rape, all the stuff, and not being believed, everything. And so I ended up meeting her boyfriend or the, whoever she was dating. The Romeo. The Ro- exactly. He was a Romeo? He was a Romeo. He was running. I didn't know. I just he was 16. I just thought he was cute. And it was her boyfriend. So we were supposed to ditch school, go to McDonald's, you know, maybe go to the mall, um, maybe go up the hill. Because up up the hill you have uh, from from Audubon, you have like Baldwin Hills and View Park and all the other jazz. Oh, and then okay. Lamert Park is is over there by where the school is. So we were either gonna go to like McDonald's or something, then maybe walk up the hills, whatever. McDonald's Ralph Crenshaw? Yep. Okay. Yep. So, what off a stalker? Yep. And um, I was like, all right, bet. I'm going. I'll go with y'all, thinking I'm grown. You know, I did school because 
I still turned in the homework. I still did. I still did everything I was supposed to do. Um, I was bad and low self-esteem. I went stupid. And uh, I went with them. And we walked into this house. I'll never forget. You know how you walk into a room and you look around and you just know in your gut, this is not about to be good for me. Oh, that discernment. That it just in the pit of even as young as I was, I I grew up knowing when somebody about to get pistol whipped. I grew up knowing, oh, some this this somebody to go. Let me go in the house. You know what I mean? You got to walk the streets to school. You know when to like. Mm, let me go across the street. Look like something about to go down right there, or let me duck down behind the crack like I'm tying my shoe. Look like this about to get ugly. Let me just duck down type of thing right you know um not uh hitting not like shootouts and things like drive-bys you know house raids when the, when the cops come you know the when they make the little pigeon sounds you know what i mean the, for the bird or certain little claps wait wait listen wait, that, that's what it mean like, like go. yes fly away yeah you gotta go oh shit i know that yeah so you know after a while, you're accustomed to to paying attention to surrounding. You know, it's just some shit about to go down, right? I walk into the house, and it's full of men and some women. There's drugs out. There's bags of weed out. There's, um, you know, cocaine lines out. There's guns out. Um, and I'm just like... No shame. This at, is not at the norm, right? This you, is. I'm just like, what are we doing here? Right. I was like, what are we doing here? We're supposed to be going to McDonald's and do, like, who else this is? Whose house is this? Where are we at? What you know? And I'm thinking, well, maybe we'll go first. I was just like, well, maybe we'll go to the back, right? I see her going to the back, sneaking out to the back, um, and leaving me there. And I'm looking at her like, what? And 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 her Romeo was just like, nah, you stay. So come to find out, she knew. She had t- already told them. Told them what? That I had been raped before and that incest has happened and nobody believes her. And she told them everything. Wow. They already knew. And they told me that they knew. They told me that they knew. Once again, you're not safe. I'm not safe. You're not protected. I'm not. I mean, and not only that, but the, the level of betrayal and deceit from somebody that you feel like okay, I can finally trust somebody. And, you know, no, no, you cannot. You know what I mean? No, you cannot. And, you know, they took me upstairs and he was just like, yes, she'll work. Take her upstairs. And that was my introduction to being tried out before putting me out there. And then they knew my uncles. They knew my mom. They knew where I lived. You know, they, they knew my, my routes to school. They knew all my classes. Like, but, but they knew everything there was to know about me. I've, I've confided a lot. So they already, they already knew. And they were, they were from a different gang. They're from a completely different game. So I, technically, I'm an enemy. My family is an enemy of theirs. You know what I mean? So, oh, it ain't nothing for them to do a, a, a drive-by. You know what I mean? They're on a completely different side. They're on, they're, 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 this, this whole clique was like Pyrus. So, which is, yeah, no. Those are bloods. There's, there's, there's just, it wasn't, it wasn't going to work out for me. If I did anything funny, if I moved funny, it wasn't going to work out for me. And so I took that weight like, well, hell, you really ain't like, 
You really don't get your ass whooped now because you was you weren't supposed to be leaving school. What you gonna do? What you gonna say? What you, you did? Yeah, you did school. They gonna say, oh, you know, Kiana, she was out there being fast. Exactly. Exactly. I already told I'm fast all the time now. Stop asking people for uh, ice cream from the ice cream truck. Okay. You know, but it really is just, it, it's really, it's really fucked up because at, the, at, at that time I just felt like, well, I'm used to it. So you, so, so they bring you to the room. They said, try her out. She's good to work. I, I mean, I just sound so ignorant, but mm-hmm. you know, I can't even recall. God dog it. I can't recall the movie. But it was a father, and I think his daughter mm-hmm. was about to get caught up in the sex trafficking ring. Oh, I uh, uh, what's it called? Um, taken. Taken. Yes. Yeah. Um, I remember watching what, it. It was hard does, to watch when I saw it. When I first saw it, I was like, "Oh my!" God. And that's where you and I was making that. I was envisioning, you know, what you were saying, like based on what I've saw in the movie, or just what it could feel like—the sound, the people, you know, mm-hmm. this young person. Mm-hmm. Um. Nobody recognized or noticed that you were going because, like, the self trafficking, he was looking for his daughter. He couldn't find her. So here's the thing, and this is what I mean by when I say it's it's hidden in in, in plain sight, right? No one's paying attention to me. No one's trying to see what what times Kiana coming home. You know, I stay late all the time. I'm always out all the time. I ride bikes in the street. We would, you know, get on the bikes and ride up to USC and be and come in late. No one was checking for me. No one's never checking for me. And I think, too, because they feel like, well, you know, she's a nerd. All she do is go to school. She ain't about to get into no trouble. They didn't, they didn't know about the gang stuff. They just knew I was getting good grades. That's all that matters. My behavior, my demeanor, they didn't pay attention to any of that. They thought I was, you know, fast. They thought I was sassy. I had a smart mouth. I had a slick mouth. Um, I was educated, so I would always, you know, over talk everybody else and say, what, what, you don't know. Do you even know what this math problem is? And that, like, that would be right. my, my slap in the face. Um, so they, no. So me being gone, they, I would leave like after school or I would be made to like ditch school and they'll be there. There's no getting out of it. They're waiting for you. There's, they, there's somebody at the entrances and by the schools and you, an eye shot. There's someone sitting in a car. So you're being seen. And then you have the other girls who are watching you, making sure as well, right? Other women that were in that house at that time were also helping the men, right? So it's, 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 a, it's a whole thing. It happens like right under people's nose. And, and women are actively participating in the trafficking of some of the younger girls for the, for the men, right? Whether they're getting paid, they're, they're, they're getting a cut from it. Um, and I made sure that I was always back by, I don't know, 11, 12, 12 o'clock at night, you know? I thought, um, sex trafficking, I thought they, they tried to, or they prevent their victims from going outside, but you were allowed to go home. I was allowed to go home. Okay. So I thought sex trafficking you know, I, even in the movies, they send them on a plane, mm-hmm. someone overseas, that happens and then they're too. gone. Yeah, that happens too. But this is a situation, it's happening, right? The transactions are going right under mm-hmm. the nose. Mm-hmm. And you're not seeing any money, you're just being 
a transaction. Yeah, I'm a transaction. And the fear and the silence that they place on you is the only thing that's allowing this to keep going. Yeah. Uh, the, the threat, the violence, something happened to my mother, something happened to my sister or my aunt or my grandmother or anybody in my family. Um, you, they would have you go to, I've, I've gone to like transactions in Beverly Hills, Long Beach a lot, especially by the port, um, downtown a lot. So from corporate men to foreigners, um, you, you name it. And believe it or not, it's just they, you go into the hotel you you do what you need to do and you leave and there's somebody waiting to 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 get you so you're not leaving and going no nobody is wondering what a little child is doing in there going going in there no because a lot of times you go with the women as well you have people you check into these hotels and then someone else pulls in with 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 a kid 12 13 years old no one is always paying attention to that what people don't pay attention people don't pay attention i was hoping and a wishing that somebody would say some don't look right but it that never happened and to, to to help me and to and to save me and there are times when i remember being on a bus right some of that stuff happens and you're you're on a bus they're taking you to where you need to be even on a bus believe it or not i did i i did some uh training um, you said a and training? A, a training and some awareness for the metro, LA metro um, bus stations um, to how to identify when you when you see something, what what should they be paying attention to when someone's on on the bus? Someone paid for me, um, and and I got molested on the bus, on what? the bus in the back. This is like a. Um, any like a, just any type of public transportation bus. This is like a, a this is a this is a metro bus, a regular metro bus. You see them everywhere. You mentioned you said you had this uh, low self esteem. Mm-hmm. Where is it at now? Where's your self esteem now? Oh, I love me. Listen, there's no shame. It took a lot of therapy because I think I carried a lot of shame, and I felt like um, for a long time. Um, I didn't want to speak about it. I didn't want to talk about it. I didn't want to bring family shame. I felt like some of that I did to myself. I felt like some of that maybe I deserved it. Uh, maybe I wasn't a, a good enough kid. Um, and this just was a punishment for me. I felt damaged, mm-hmm. right? I felt like no one is going to love me. I have been a transaction my whole my whole childhood. No one is going to 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 want me for anything other than that. And it took a lot of therapy and a lot of stillness and a lot of time with myself. I had to unlearn a lot of conditioned programming. I had to change my my mindset and I had to discover what unconditional love is supposed to look like and feel like on on my own. Wow. On my own because I didn't experience it. And, and it was not easy and it was a lot of trial and error. It wasn't easy. It's the process, right? It's it's the process, right? And not looking for friendships, not looking for validation, not looking for acceptance, um, being comfortable in my skin, feeling pretty, and not just physically pretty. Like, I think I have a beautiful spirit. The best part of me is the fact that I have such a loving heart in spite of not being loved the way I was supposed to be loved growing up. Okay, okay. So, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to continue this conversation. Okay. With Kiana A. Monroe. 
Um, and we're also going to talk about uh, your nonprofit, Pretty to Be, mm-hmm. and your work as a life counselor. Mm-hmm. Stay tuned for this conversation. It's Vitamin D with On Day. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins, and this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Delve into the visceral world of hip-hop with the Gangster Chronicles, a podcast that aims to unravel the intricate tapestry of one of music's most influential and misunderstood subgenres, gangster rap. Hosted by MC8 and Big Steels every Thursday, each episode provides an in-depth exploration into the formative artists, monumental albums, and socio-political factors that have shaped gangster rap from its emergence in the 80s to its enduring impact today. Gangster Chronicles unpacks the evolution of this uniquely American art form. We dive into the socio-cultural aspects that gangster rap boldly addressed, from police brutality to systemic racism, offering listeners a comprehensive understanding of the profound cultural significance this genre holds. Listen to the Gangster Chronicles on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's go. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. 
Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s. She looked like a million bucks. With zero qualifications. She had a Harvard plaque. Tricks her way past a wall of lawyers and agents. She's got all of these Maseratis and Bentleys all in the driveway. Is it like a mansion? Yes, it's a mansion. That this queen of the con uses to scam some of the biggest names in professional sports out of untold fortunes. About six million. Approximately eleven million dollars. Nearly ten million dollars was all gone. Employing whatever means necessary to bleed her victims dry. She would probably have sex with one of her clients. Hide your money in your old rich man, because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, season five, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everyone, I'm O.T. And I'm D. And we are investors in Tenerol Sellers Wine Company. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe to the Vitamin D with Don Day podcast. Available wherever you get your favorite podcasts. <laughs> All right, we back, y'all. Uh, I have Kiana Monroe in here with me. As you know, uh, she is an author, counselor, speaker, and a life coach. She inspires and supports countless of people. Um effectively to address their personal life challenges. She has experience working with couples and individuals who struggle with anxiety, depression, communication, trauma, and loss. She exemplifies her belief that loving yourself is not only a process, but an everlasting journey. She is a survivor of child trafficking, and she also is the founder of Pretty To Be, which is a national nonprofit organization that teaches young girls the value of life, which is loving yourself first, and how to cultivate positive body image, deconstruct gender media stereotypes, and lead change throughout their communities with an open heart. Mm -hmm. And did I tell you that she's an Aquarius? Yes, <laughs> listen. You know, you know we we all uh, uh, really. Mm -hmm. I think we get along, but you guys can blow us out because that's mm -hmm. like when y'all just whoosh, whoosh. Every, almost every humanitarian um, good one is it's an Aquarius. Aquarius. <laughs> we I care about the world. If you know that we we care about what's going on in the world, and we we're activists for sure. I have a friend. She's an Aquarius, and, and all into caring about the people, making mm -hmm. sure people's rights and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. I get to love people for a living. And it was a great choice. It was it was a great Besides choice. I, I, I left um, television to, to do it. You know, I didn't go to school for this nonprofit. Right. The nonprofit was was purpose driven. Right. I, I, I was at USC um, getting my my master's in broadcast journalism and working as a sports journalist with ESPN. And then from there, I went to um, NBC Universal working with um, E and Esquire Network. And my son at the time was in middle school, right? I'm a very active parent, I'm very involved, going up to the school all the time. And I recognize a lot of me's because I've lived and experienced so much. I catch it. I'm paying attention to these girls, what they're saying, how they're behaving. And I'm just thinking, 
this this looks and sounds familiar. So many of the girls were looking to see, you know, who they could become friends with and what part of groups would should they be a part of and who, you know, what kind of cliques. And I'm just thinking, that's a recipe for disaster. That is oh, a recipe for disaster. And I did a, like, there was like a little career, you know, bring your, bring your mom to work or bring it type of thing. Uh-huh. And I, the the dean said, Miss Monroe, can you come and do something for, you know, maybe some of the girls and talk about the career and, you know, where you come from and give them some hope because a lot of them, you know, come from um, neighborhoods that they don't, they don't see a lot of yous. They don't see a lot of yous in real life. So I said, okay, I came from there too. I didn't see a lot of me's either. So <laughs> I said, absolutely. And going in there, taking shoes off, you know, talking real life to them. And from start to finish, where I started, where I am now, and all those experiences. Like um, everything? Not everything. Just, you know, how hard it was, how I had to study, how everybody wasn't always rooting for you. And nobody, you know, dreamed the dreams. You know, I was dreaming. I had to kind of dream some of those by myself. Mm. Um, Hence the name of the, the, the song. But a lot of the girls were like, Miss, Miss, Miss Monroe, are you coming back? Are you Christian's mom? That's Christian's mom. You know, are you coming back? Are you are you doing another one? Are you going to be here after school? And they were just, someone said, do you notice that little girls are like super drawn to you or they're staring at you all the time? And it wasn't until then that I noticed they do. And I would give them hugs and be very affectionate. And I don't know. I think it's just, you know, good energy um, and, and a good spirit. But a lot of those girls started opening up and sharing things and talking to me about things. And I said, well, I've been through some things, too. You know, I was bullied, too. And I went through this. And my dad wasn't around either. And my my mom was young when she had me, like, talking to them, mm-hmm. bringing myself down and being as relatable as possible. And after a while, working in television wasn't as fulfilling anymore. As going up to the school, I started volunteering my time, taking my sick leave, taking my vacation time to volunteer and go and speak and do these like little, you know, empowerment classes um, where I would go in there and talk to them and encourage them and, and be, you know, a soundboard for them. And it wasn't until one day I came in, some of the girls were in the office. They had detention. They were getting detention. They were getting a write up because they were late and they came and I I asked the dean to give me a moment with them. And I found out some of the girls didn't have clothes at home. So they were out of uniform. They have detention because they were out of uniform, right? Some of the girls, um, one of the girls, not some, one of the girls was dealing with some abusive stuff at home. She didn't tell me all the details, but she was just like, bad things are happening to me at home. And uh, it it just clicked. Okay. All right. So I asked, I asked the dean, I said, D- just, I talked to them and they won't be back in here. I went to Target, got a bunch of uniforms for the other girl, right? And for the girl that had some stuff going on at home, I said, if you, if you haven't talked to your mother and you want to talk to your mother, but you're scared, I will talk to her with you, right? And they, they, the dean was just like, I haven't seen them in here since. Wow. They, they haven't been in there since. And really what it is, is instead of sending kids to get in trouble and writing them off thinking that they're misbehaving or that they're bad, it's to go a little deeper and kind of find out what's really going on. And sometimes with kids, you have to show your actual self 
Mm. You have to show who you really are Ooh, so that they can find some relatability. Got to, all the time. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Yeah. Because I've had, and, and so from from there, I, I started the, the organization. I was like, okay, I quit. I'm going to take a leap of faith and I'm going to start going in here more often. And I'm, I'm just going to do it with this one school and see how it goes with a certain group of you kids. You let everything down. I did. You didn't let everything down. You released. Yeah. I said, you know what? I can always come back here. Let me try this. I can always go back to, to, to television and entertainment if I want to. I can always come back to any of that. Let me try this. You know, it allows me to be an even more active parent because that's the school my son was going to, right? I started having teachers say, you know, can my, my, I have some students. I think they would do well in your class. And I, I just started to come and show up and be more consistent. And those girls were telling me everything. I was going to Starbucks, bringing hot chocolate. You know, I was bringing croissants. You know, it was just Miss Kiana. Me, Miss Kiana and, and, you know, our whole little group. And we all had a relationship. And the girls just started to share. And I said, this is really important to have a healthy bond and relationship with one another and trust one another trust. and look after one another. You guys have to care for one another. You don't judge. You don't know what your sisters, these are like sisters. You don't know what the other girls are going through at home. And all they may have is you, right? I taught them how to compliment each other. When you walk in, you don't have to be a mean girl. Say something nice. It was actually mandatory. When you come in class, speak your life. You pay compliments. You learn how to, and the, it's it's a double edged sword. You learn how to pay a compliment, and then you need to learn how to receive a compliment. Oh, talk about right? that. Because That's big too. Hence the pretty to me, right? Because I had such low self esteem that. I didn't think I was worth anything. So anybody could do anything to me because I didn't matter anyway. You know what I mean? Because of how there was such a miscommunication about what love is. Mm -hmm. Did you find yourself seeking that out because you needed to feel something? I started doing that a little bit afterwards and not necessarily seeking sex, but seeking affection. But what does affection look like at this point? And what does attention look like? So for me, I wanted to have somebody I could talk to. I wanted to have somebody that I could be next to. And at the end of the day, if I created a bond with somebody, maybe he would keep me safe from other people. If I created a, if, if I created a bond with a boy, maybe that boy will watch over me and that would be my safety. And then I would have someone to talk to who wouldn't try to have sex with me. You know what I mean? But... He would give me a hug and it would be, it would be just a hug. Was it would that be realistic just a for hug. you? No. They always wanted something more than that. I, I could never, I, I could never achieve it. Ever. <laughs> you know, they, 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 you know, you can really put someone in the friend zone. They didn't want to be in the friend zone in the first place. You're trying to put them in the friend zone so that you can have a safe friend that just so happens to be a male. It hardly ever worked. But I know the, the feeling of it. And it has to be trying because... You're coming down, you're coming to them, seeking everything that you feel that they have. So therefore it's like, oh yeah, well she needs me. Right. And the thing, here's the, here's the interesting thing is I didn't like sex for a long time. That just, I, I just, it wasn't something that I enjoyed. It was just something that I performed for other people's pleasure and for other people. How you long know? did it take you to enjoy sex? How old were you? Um, hmm, my twenties. In my 20s, um, I didn't have my first orgasm until I was 29. And um, I think for me, 
it it took therapy because I would be triggered. Like That's little hard. things that would happen, I would I would be triggered with sex. And f- so for me, I am a what you call sapiosexual. To turn me on, it has to be intellectually stimulating. I have to know that that's that's not what's on your agenda. You actually care and love all the other things about me. And and you just so happen to be attracted to me physically too. But that can't be first. Because of all of the things that people were only interested in me because of what I look like and because they wanted that from me. Now I'm, I'm attracted to people who... That's not their first interest when it when it when it comes to me, and it took it took a long time to to find that. And I try I I try to teach my girls, and believe it or not, I with having counseling for adults, I usually work on their inner child Ooh. because you have the the kids with the Pretty to Me Foundation that I'm trying to prevent getting caught up in that type of stuff and build the foundations and the principles and the morals and the character traits right when they're when they're young validating themselves, understanding who they are, right? Not caring about other people's opinion about who they are and what right. they look like. Not seeking Shit. approval and acceptance right. and being lured by, you know, a little ugly boy. Not like that, but, you know, to or, or feel like they need to be pressured by their friends to do it because all their friends are doing none of that. Truly instilling confidence. And that's just simply knowing who you are. That's what confidence is. When right? you, from the inside out, love you. But you, you love you by liking you, love you by accepting you, hey, right? And when you can do that, you, that was, that's what's going to bring the confidence. And when they're confident within themselves in all those ways, it shows in their academics. I Always. say how you do anything is how you'll do everything. Exactly. Then you have, so I started the Pretty To Me Foundation because at the end of the day, I want my girls, do, do you feel pretty to you? Because that's what matters first. That's I can tell you you're pretty, but... At the end of the day, before you walk out the mirror, I'm pretty to me. Everybody else's opinion is second next to my own about myself. You have that. Then you have the adults. I was dealing with some of the parents, whether they foster parents or whether they're their biological parents or grandparents. And I was just like, oh, okay, I'm pouring all this good stuff into these kids. And we got some adults. And some of the adults are undoing my work, what I'm doing with these, with these kids. And I said, okay, I need to get a little bit, uh, it's time to get a little bit deeper. So I went back to school, right? And I got my certifications in neuro-linguistic programming so that I can help them understand their process, how they process their thoughts, how they process their emotions and feelings and understanding just the kind of the psychology of their mindset. Because if you can change your mindset and shift your mindset, you can change your life, life, right? So doing that, cognitive behavioral health, and also emotional intelligence and being empathetic, understanding your emotions, regulating your emotions, right? And having healthy relationships and, and friendships. Um, and then the confidence building skills. So many of the adults didn't have that. And it, it took for one of the, the girls um, in my organization that they gave to me, she tried to hang herself in the bathroom. She was like 11. Um, and come to find out her mother was kind of draining everything I was pouring into her with that. And she was getting bullied at school too. So she just felt like, you know, there was, there was, there was no hope. And I said, you know, let me start working with, with the parents. And so I started to have some parents want to sit in on some of my workshops 
And they said, do you do this for adults? Because I was never raised to know that. No one ever told me about these things. No one ever, I never knew just all of these um, topics on confidence building skills and self-love and healthy boundaries and and understanding your thoughts and, and feelings and how you speak up for yourself and healthy friendships, um, understanding intimacy with self, becoming your own friend. Just everything I taught to the kids, the parents wanted to sit and do it as well. So I said, let me start working with with the adults. And what I've learned is you have a lot of hurt children in adult bodies raising children Ooh. who become hurt. Yeah. Hey, catch it. Yeah. Because hurt people hurt people. Right. Right. So you have a song out. You have two songs. It's I called do. Dream. And then the second one is called Change, mm-hmm. which is under that you wrote for your girls who are part of your organization, Pretty To Me. Right. So Change I wrote um, because it's an extension of what an emotionally intelligent relationship looks like you keep talking about emotional intelligence that's just knowing how you feel and being aware it's 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 awareness of your emotions how to manage how to regulate right understanding empathy right and also uh managing relationships and i don't i don't like to say manage relationships nobody wants to be managed but the awareness of, of how to have a healthy relationship right and that's that's what it is um what if some people aren't even in tune with their emotions like can you be in tune with your emotions but not good at expressing them well, um, to a degree, to a degree. That's really? why. That, that's why with with my clients, I always uh, uh, refer to the feelings wheel, right? There's a feelings wheel, and then with emotions, you have your primary emotions, right? I'm gonna give you an example. Um, when you're mad, a lot of people's like, "Well, I'm mad at you. You did something to me. I'm mad at you." Well, anger is something which the 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 cause of that is something that's unfair or unjust. So. If I'm mad at you, you did something that was unfair or unjust. If you don't think it was unfair or unjust, then are you mistaking your anger for hurt? Are you sad? Are you grieving because I hurt you? Are you are you grieving because I left you? Are you you understand what I'm saying? Um, back the onions, so it's really. it's it's the really understanding what the emotion is so that you can deal with it. Not just having an emotional meltdown. You know, I feel like this. I feel like this. Well, let's get to the bottom to what you're feeling so I can address it. Right. And then understanding what you feel so you can regulate it. Right. Because you are responsible for your feelings. Even if they're provoked, you're responsible for those. Right. So the reason why I have change is I I wrote that. Because I have so many people that deal with relationships and the, some of the, the, the lyrics are, you know, just one that sticks out. A lot of people say is, you know, have I fallen in love with you or an unhealed version of me? Whoa! Yeah. <laughs> have I fallen in love with you or an unhealed version of me? What? Yeah. Yeah. You attract what you are. Yeah. Oh, what are you trying to do today? Listen, when you listen to the song, I promise you'll love it. Dream is a song that I wrote um, for for, for the girls, right? And it's meant to be inspiring and empowering to understand that, you know, it's a part of what I, I went through. You may dream your dreams alone, but know you're never on your own. Right? That's that's one of the the lyrics. You may dream them by yourself, but you're not by yourself. You may dream them by yourself, right? 
and they're yours. But you still need to go after them. You, you still have to go after them. Uh, the, in, in the second verse, it's, uh, I, I, I put life in it. I know your past relationships have slipped between your fingertips, but take the time to love you first and your heart will reflect what you're worth, right? So that's what I talk to my girls about all the time. Dream. Life may have, there's a a part in the first verse, life may have all the obstacles, but allow life to teach you what you need to know. And you may dream your dreams alone, but no, you're never on your own. I choose you. I need you to choose you. Your dreams matter because you matter. Just because of your line of work, what your passion is and based on your experience. Mm -hmm. What are your thought process? What's going on with your line of work and the individuals you're dealing with now with the ruling has passed or the overturn of Roe versus Wade? I think it's disgusting. I think there's a war on women. I think that women's bodies are sacred. And I believe that things happen. Life happens, um, especially with girls who are abused and raped. To, to force a woman to risk death, because that's something that's not talked about enough. Labor and delivery, delivery is labor. Hours and hours and hours of labor and it's hard work and your body goes through a lot. Woman's body goes through a lot. I have this video right? of my mom. She said having a baby is like going through death. It, it is. And what people don't talk about is there are women that die on the table. There are women that, that, that pass giving birth. Sometimes a husband can go in there and leave with his child and, 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 and walk away with no wife. So to force that risk onto somebody who, who doesn't want it for their body is, is unfair, especially when they were violated. You don't ask somebody to, to do that. And in the line of work that I do, it's, it's common that that happens. And these girls, they're very young. They don't, that's not, that's not their story. They don't want that. And we, we're living in a country where they're, they're not providing health care. They're, they're not providing. So what do you want to do? Fill up foster care? You want, you, like, what is, what, what's, the, what's the purpose behind it? What's the purpose behind it? Do you think more people would be sick and you think more lives will actually be in danger? I, I do because uh, something that people are not talking about is, first of all, women are going to have an abortion one way or another. If they don't want it, they're not going to do it, right? And even if it means possibly putting their life in danger, you know, my, 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 my godparents told me, you know, that uh, RV way happened when, you know, during their time. And the, the, the sad thing is women were dying. They were doing whatever, whatever it took and, and actually sometimes dying, trying to give themselves an abortion or miscarriage, something, right? So that, that's that. Women are still going to do it and they might, it may cost them their life, right? And then two, that a lot of people aren't paying attention to is for the men who impregnate these girls, but they don't want to be a father and abortion is no longer an option. What do you think they're going to do to the girl? What, are these, what do you think they're going to do? I, I think there's going to be some, some murder. What? I'm serious. 
Yeah, I, well, yeah, yeah. Because you like think about you, think you know it. coming from, let's just say a certain family. This could bring shame. Oh wow, how do I conceal this? This can't come out. Right. Now I can't. The, uh, abortion is not an option. We got to get rid of her and the baby. Like you, that's it. You can't miss my family. Set. You know how long I worked. Exactly, oh, wow. exactly. Like re, like people don't connect those dots. They don't think about that. But that's a that's a real case possibility. And it's dangerous and it's not right. So if you could say something to a young girl out there or an individual who may be involved, may have been violated, mm-hmm. what would you say to them Come about to getting California. resources? Come to California. Come to the West Coast. Washington, Oregon, and California has, has band together to, to provide resources. It's still legal here. There's, there's plenty of, of resources and we're, we're working on that now, trying to tap into as many resources as possible because it just happened like a blink of an eye to find out how, how we can cover travel costs, who, who's covering travel costs, what grants, what donations, wow. what to, to get here to, to the West Coast or any other place that's still um, allowing it to, to be legal. But So pretty to me, it's going to be on the forefront with this? Yeah, very much so. Very much so. We're 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 working behind closed doors to put as many plan of actions as as possible because I love I love my girls all hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them. It's a thing like yeah, you can lose your life. Like these doctors are thinking about I gotta save this life, but I gotta I might lose my license, which could in a sense be like them losing their lives because they have a whole family to take care of. Exactly. And now I gotta sit down and talk to somebody to debate whether or not that this procedure is okay. I'm losing time. Right. And you might lose somebody on the table because you're trying to figure out if it's legal or not. It's a justify and, and to for who? For somebody else that is not me or not in this body. And probably not even in the States. Like, come on now. That you'll never meet, that don't know you, and may not even care about you. So it's, 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 that, that's, that's never okay. And I really hope that we vote and we make some changes. Vote. Vote. Make some changes. Um... We have to do better. We have to come together. We ha- this is, I think if, if it's not loud enough cry, if we don't come together and stick together and unite, this is not the United States right now. We're divided. This is a divided country. And we have to come together for humanity. This is humanity. Uh-huh. This, is a, this affects everybody. So, yeah, I think this is something we, we, we really need to work on. Okay. It's painful. Okay. So, yeah. um, when you look at the state of Kiana mm-hmm. A. Monroe, mm-hmm. who she was, who she is now, mm-hmm. who was your beacon of inspiration? Who told mm-hmm. you were possible? How did you know you were going to make it through? I had to. Ch- I chose me. Hey. I did. I chose me. I don't. I don't know. I'm 40 years old this year. I made 40 in January. And I said, I don't know what this next chapter is going to look like, but I know I'm going to carry me through. I know I will carry me through, right? I've been with myself all this time. I will not abandon me. Mm. I will not abandon me. And that's it. As long as I have me, as long as I carry me, I will, I've carried me this far, I will carry me the rest of the way. And I will experience all my experiences in love with excitement for, for excitement for growth and the evolution of, of my life and, 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 and enjoy the process as much as possible. Mm. Search for joy, find happiness where I can. Right. 
Search and for joy and find happiness. Wherever I wherever I can. There's something about that um that joy. Because it's something that resides, right? And mm-hmm. I think like that's why it's so important that whatever you do, make sure that it is of joy. And it's for you. It's for you. Make Love sure yourself you do first. It for, yeah. Like you you said, um, I know that my my purpose as I'm here, um, I'm meant to, to inspire. In, inspire. Yes. Right? So, Keanu, you have been talking about some music. You talked about an album you have coming out. These two tracks called Dream and Change, where we can uh, stream it on all streaming platforms available everywhere. Mm-hmm. What else is next? What other future projects? What's next for Pretty to Me? Uh, heard you creating an app. How can we support you? Give it to us all. So, I have um, uh, the Pretty to Me book came out, children's book came out, right? All narrated by me. It's animated. Um, uh, uh, book and it talks about what I always talk about self-love and validation acceptance of self right mm-hmm. um so we have that I have another one that that comes out that talks about healthy relationships of a mother and daughter and why it's important it's called anything for you um that will be coming out soon my album will be coming out in July right it's a of little 20- mini mi- of 2022 it's a mini empowerment album. It's meant to make you feel good. It's meant to make you think and understand relationships, right? Emotionally intelligent relationships, self-love first, love matters. So you have yes. that. Um, I have a retreat coming up. Um, well, it's not coming. Well, next year. So it's not close, but it's not far. A upcoming retreat. An upcoming retreat. Um, it is a life and mindfulness retreat sponsored by McDonald's. And uh, I'm really excited. It'll it'll be three days and it'll be rotating workshops and we'll talk about finances and health and wellness and mindfulness and self-love. And How do we get information? All of this? those things. Um, I will keep you in the loop. Once I get some more details, I will keep you in the loop. Um, and then we have upcoming workshops, which I'd like to give you um, tickets. You got five tickets and you can raffle them off. They can call in whatever it is they need to do. and one is for July 2nd. That's the, the strategy to intimacy because we talked about that, right? And then July 9th is the crayon theory. Oh! The crayon theory. Okay, we're going to have to think something up. We're going to conjure, yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. special people. Yeah. Have them. What should we have them do in order to get their, their possible ticket? What would you like for them to do? Well, they have to be following me, number one. So final right. ed, Kiana loves me. Correct. And you have another social handle, Pretty to Me Life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you especially have if you have kids, if you kids. have kids, you have to follow both of those social media accounts. Mm-hmm. And what do they need? Do they tag or to say anything? Um. Yeah. What they can do is, um, they can post their favorite life tip mm. or their favorite whatever stands out to them. Whatever post stands out for them to them the most, they can they can share it on their stories. Save it and tag me. Okay, so we got we got a couple of strategies here. You're gonna have to tag or go ahead and follow at Kiana Loves Me, follow Pretty to Me Life, L Y F, and Vitamin D with Dawn Day if you oh no, Vitamin D Dawn Day if you aren't following already, as well as leave a comment stating whatever the the life tip meant to you, whatever, however it resonates. I always say on my on my post, take what resonates. Hey, you know? eat the meat and spit out the bone. Right? So take what resonates and, and, and share that and tag me. Okay, there you have it. You mm-hmm. can win either, we're going to emotional intelligence or either the crayon theory is mm-hmm. it called? The, the strategy to intimacy. The str- oh, strategy. 
the strategy to intimacy. Oh, and I it's think I would like that. and oh, it's spelled I'll- this way in to me. In the number two me. Intimacy starts with self. Into me, see. See? See? Right. So it's the Salt, intimacy. pepper, ketchup, pick it up. Listen, listen. And that is to understand the intimacy with yourself, right? And how to have intimacy um, and primary love with others and understanding uh, the levels of uh, emotional intelligence so, so that you can have an emotionally intelligent and uh, emotionally healthy relationship. And then the crayon theory. It's understanding and knowing who you are, how you love, and how to navigate people to your heart and date intentionally. Date intentionally. Move with intention. And if you're already in a relationship, right, I also teach how to grow and evolve in your relationship with each other. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like just a a being better together and loving off self moment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So basically, you need to check it out and Mm -hmm. you need to be there. Yes, you Hey. Yes, you do. I want to thank you so much. Thank you for Thank you for me. your vulnerability. Thank you for, for showing up. For showing up because not only just for today, but just in life. For not only for me and my listeners, but for every young woman, young girl, every person that you've encountered. Because, because of you and you deciding to love yourself first, you've extended an opportunity for us to love ourselves. For us to show up. For us to identify why we live on purpose and for a purpose. So thank you for being that way. Thank you for allowing yourself to connect. Thank you for forgiveness. Thank you for making room. Thank you for saying, I'm worth it. And I deserve it. Mm -hmm. Thank you for inspiring me. Thank you for receiving it. Catch it. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. That you understand what it means to love yourself first and how self-love is the foundation. That's where your fruit shall grow. So where are you planting your seeds? Is it in fertile soil? How are you nourishing your soil? Are you even understanding the seasons that you're in for the fruit that you are about to bear? Catch it. All right, guys, um, I want to make sure that you go ahead and you follow Kiana. Um, make sure you check her out on social media at Kiana Loves Me Again and at Pretty To My To Me Life. And do you have a website? I do. I, I truly inspire people to, well, I encourage people to sign up for the newsletter. Go to www.kianamonroe.com if you want counseling, if you want a journal. I have a life journal, right? Um, and if you want to hear any music, that's where you go. Catch it. All right. We're going to do that. And also, um, I appreciate you for joining me on the show. Uh, If you'd like to be a guest or perhaps if you think you should be interviewed or know somebody that should, send us an email. Vitamin D at DawnDaySpeaks.com. And also, you know, I have my vitamin D advice letters. So if you need advice on your relationships, your career, about your purpose, about what have you, hit me up. Now, I want to be clear with you. You know, we talk about vitamin D. It's all about shedding the light on the good and the bad. Because what do I say? If you want to be better and you want to do better, you have to be able to see better. So I am going to keep it real with you because I love you and I want what's best for you. And that's just me keeping it real with you. Okay. Also, if you enjoyed this podcast and you feel as though it can be something for somebody else, can you tell somebody to tell somebody else? That Dawn Day got a podcast. It's called Vitamin D with Dawn Day, and it's available wherever you get your favorite podcasts. I appreciate you. 
Now, you ain't got to tell them now. They can wait till later. But I tell you, I plan to be here for a long time. There's a lot of stuff you got to get to know. So, I mean, you might as well jump on it now, right? Also, when you do check out the podcast, make sure you rate and leave a comment. Okay? Listen, tell somebody why this episode was so dope. Put your stars on there. Put your comments on there, okay? And I also want to tell you uh, that you know we're on social media. So if you want to see what's happening in this studio, you want to get some quotes, you want to get some inspiration, you can follow us everywhere. Vitamin D Dawn Day. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, wherever you look, that's where we are. Okay? And you know, you can follow me personally if you want to get some original vitamin D at Dawn Day Speaks. Yeah? I appreciate you. And I thank you so much for joining me on my journey. We had a lot to do. You and me, yes, we're growing together. We're going to learn a lot. But we got enough time to do it. All right, let me get out of here. You know, I always say, I'm in the business of making dreams come true. And I damn sure ain't going to forget about mine. So until next time, always remember, you are your greatest asset. Get your vitamin D right here with me and get excited about your life. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.